first of all, thank you to the Levines for, uh, for hosting. I know that many, many people in the community are going away and are not going to be here, but nevertheless, it's still, it's still challenging and difficult to host the week before Pesach or the week of Pesach. And, uh, you know, I appreciate, we all appreciate them hosting. As somebody mentioned to me today, somebody was telling us comments by me today, not someone from the community, someone somewhere else, and he says, you know, I don't, I don't, it doesn't feel Jewish to me to sell my, like, he said, I'm going away for Pesach, I'm selling my chametz, and I'm not cleaning, I'm not doing medikas chametz, I'm not doing anything, I'm like, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm part of the Pesach experience. His first day married, he's going away, he's going to a hotel with his wife. He's like, I don't feel part of the Pesach experience. And I told him, I said, don't, you don't have to worry. I said that the reality is, and this is even brought down in Tzvarim, the reality is, is that the week before Pesach and the days before Pesach are challenging and are stressful. It doesn't make a difference if you go away. It doesn't make a difference if you go on a Pesach program and all the food's being cooked. The reality of the days before Pesach is that it's going to be challenging, it's going to be stressful, and it's going to be, it's going to, you're going to feel that lachatz and pressure anyways, and that's just the reality of what needs to take place before we get out of Mitzrayim is we need to be in Mitzrayim, and therefore I said, don't worry, nobody has to worry. Everyone's gonna feel some sort of pressure, whether it's in the airport, whether it's packing, whether it's trying to clean, whether it's figuring out what to sell. There's gonna be pressure at some point, so it's, it's, uh, it's a schos for somebody to be able to host this and for us to get together to try to really pre- prepare ourselves spiritually for Pesach. I spoke to the men on Shabbos about the importance of just preparing for Pesach. Pesach, is, it's, it's an overwhelming yantif in terms of the amount that goes on whether it's the Seder night, or Hashem and America, we have two, two nights to take care of the Seder. But the Seder night and the preparation, not just the physical preparation, but the spiritual preparation that takes place and everything that's there, everything that could be contained and gained from the night, there's a tremendous amount of opportunity in the night. And it's really, what we really need to do is in the days preparing and getting ready for Pesach is to try to figure out how to prepare ourselves, how to prepare our families, how to prepare ourselves you know, physically, but more importantly, spiritually and mentally, how to get ready for the Yom of Pesach. So, uh, you know, I, th- I think the, the shir was titled, I think somebody asked me what the shir was titled. I think it was titled, The, the Role of Woman in Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. And, and we'll discuss perhaps what, what where women fit into Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim specifically, and where women really fit into the general, the general landscape of what goes on in a Jewish home. And hopefully that we'll be able to understand exactly what the role of a woman is by Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and really throughout Pesach itself. Now, many feel that the, the husbands, really, the woman does the job up until Pesach, the woman cleans, the woman cooks, and then Pesach night, it's the husband. The husband sits down with the Agada. The, husband, the, one, the husband's the one that's involved in the Manashtana, asking the kids, giving out the treats. He's involved in the process of Egad Talabincha. The truth is that's really halachically, it's his obligation of Egad Talabincha. But the truth is, we'll see that there's a tremendous, tremendous opportunity. And this is something that the women really need to be involved in. And it's crucial that they are involved in, in order to really be able to give over Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim properly. So, when we talk about women being involved in Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, really women play not just, you know, somewhat of a, somewhat of a supporting role, women really play a central role in Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. And it starts all the way from the beginning. We'll just, I'm just going to give a few very basic, simple examples where this takes place, and hopefully we'll be able to understand on a bit of a deeper level. One of the, uh, one of the husbands, I'm not sure who, I'm not sure whose wife's and whose husband's, but one of the husbands said, said to me, he said, don't, you know, try to, try to talk, say something a little bit deep. Don't say, don't try to dumb it down. That our wife's are all intelligent. So I'm gonna we'll try to explain it a little bit of a more of a deeper level than just, okay, the wife's are, uh, I'm not saying whose husband it was, I'm not saying the last name, but just, so I'm gonna try to give a little bit more of a, of a hopefully a deeper explanation into some, some of the concepts that we already know. We are women are involved, and we'll try to explain it perhaps a little bit more on a deeper level, right? So we find the Gemara, the Gemara says, the Gemara Sachem are discussing the chiv of the obligation of a woman to be involved in the mitzvahs that take place in Pesach night. Normally a woman is not obligated in any mitzvahs that says mangroma. There are some exceptions to the rule, but normally a woman's not obligated. Zakti the Gemara, the Gemara says, Amr Rabbi Shuvan Levi, Nashem chayav is ba'arba'kaisis, a woman's chayav to drink arba'kaisis, she'af heinayu ba'isaneis. They were also involved 
in the nace that took place. The two, the two explanations in the Rishonim, what it means, one explanation is that they were also involved in nace, which means the same way the men were enslaved, the same way the men had to work, the woman had to work as well. I would know very famously, the Medrash tells us that the roles were swapped and the men had to do what the woman had to do. That's perhaps why the men are involved in the cleaning somewhat before Pesach. It's a little bit of that reenactment of what took place then, but the men are doing the women's jobs, women's doing the men's jobs. The women are also involved in the slavery. They're also involved in the terrible, you know, physical and spiritual slavery that took place. And therefore when Klal Yisrael leaves Mitzrayim, it's not just the men leaving, the women were part of the slavery and the woman got out. That's one way that Rishonim understand what it means, Other Rishonim understand that doesn't mean that women were involved in the nais, meaning that they were in, they were part of the tzara, they're part of the same slavery and therefore they got out. means that they were the ones that, that caused Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. We really find this by other Yom Tevim as well. When it talks about Hanukkah, for example, there also, the Gemara uses the same Lashen, Women were also part of the nace. And again, there's two explanations. One explanation means women were part of the nace. Haman was gonna kill out men, woman, men, woman, and child. And therefore, when we got saved from Haman's Eitzah, it means the man, woman, and child got saved. And therefore, they also have to celebrate the Yantav of Purim. Same thing by, Ch- by Yantav of Hanukkah. Same thing by Purim. We find this concept you know, constantly. However, many explain that means they were the catalyst. They were the reason why we got out of Mitzrayim. And we find this really from the beginning of Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu's life. And we find this really when Klai Yisrael gets out, that women play a central role, really the central role in Klai Yisrael getting out of Mitzrayim. If you think about it for a second, where did Moshe Rabbeinu's life come from? So we all know that the Pasuk says, the Pasuk says when, when uh, the Pasuk says, Vayikach, um, the Pasuk says, over here. Um, the Pasuk says, Vayelech Ishmei Beis Levi, talking about Moshe Rabbeinu's father. Amram, Vayelech Ishmei Beis Levi. Rashi brings down Mehechen Halach. Where is he going? Amram, Yehudim, and Zvina. Shehalach Ba'atzas Bita. He went with the Eitzah with the advice of his daughter. Amram, Gadladar Haya. Amram, Moshe Rabbeinu's father was a Gadladar. Kivan Shegazar Para Harasha. Kol Ben Ayulad. Once Pare made the terrible decree that every Jewish child needs to be thrown into the river, Amar Lashavan Amelin, he says, We're not, I'm, not, I'm not doing this anymore. He, he separated from his wife and said, There's no purpose in me having children if the children I'm going to have are going to be thrown into the river. Amar Vigirish is Istoy, he went ahead and separated and was Megarish, divorced his wife. Amar Kulan, Vigirish was Nishisayan. So, what happens when the Gadol Hadar does something? So, everybody learns from Amram. Everybody says, If Amram's doing this, if he decides that this is the way we should react to what Pare said, Amram, everybody went ahead and also separated from their wives. Amr le'bitai, so his daughter Miriam says to him, Abba, kasha gzeirasach, gzeirasach, yais meishal parei. What you're, what you're decreeing is much worse than what parei decrees. Parei le'gazer elala zecharem. Parei said only the males are thrown into the river, but you separating from your wife, va'ata gzerta, ala zecharem va'alanakevas. But you separating, you're not only stopping the creation of, bo- of boys, you're also stopping girls. Amad v'hechsoras ishtai, he went back and he remarried his wife. They all went back and they all remarried their wives, which means that if you think about where Moshe Rabbeinu came from, where was the source of Moshe Rabbeinu, how is it possible that Moshe Rabbeinu was born? Only through Miriam. Miriam and Aviyah stood up and told her father, and this was with Nevoah, like Rashi says, she stood up with Nevoah and said, you have to get back together with your wife because from you is going to come the, the, the savior of Klal Yisrael. 
Because of Miriam, Moshe Rabbeinu was born. Now, Miriam was involved in the process of saving Moshe Rabbeinu's life as well, when Moshe Rabbeinu was thrown into the river. And Miriam, and Sh- Miriam, which according to some was Shifra and Pua, Miriam and Echever were Shifra and Pua, were involved in saving all, not just Moshe Rabbeinu, but saving all the Jewish children. And therefore Miriam, Moshe Rabbeinu, the one who saves Kal Yisrael, the one who takes Kal Yisrael out, was only alive, and was only born into this world because of Miriam. So we look at Moshe Rabbeinu as the main person in the story, but we have to look, take one step back and figure out where Moshe Rabbeinu come from. Moshe Rabbeinu was only born because of Miriam. Right? The same thing, we find, we find that, that, that Miriam was involved, like we said, in, in keeping the children alive. Shifra and Pua, the tremendous mysterious nefesh. Moshe Pare called them in, and Pare said, if you don't, li- if you don't listen to, to us and kill out all the children, we're gonna kill you out. And Miriam and Yecheved, or according to many, were Shifra and Pua, went ahead of a tremendous mysterious nefesh that were keeping the children alive. Again, we see that the women are the ones that are helping keeping the children alive. The Gemara in Saitis says, says, says this clearly. The Gemara says, Darish, Darish Abavira, Bishar Nashim Sitkani, Shahaya Ba'isa Dar, Nigalu Yisrael Mi Mitzrayim. Bishar the Nashim Sitkani, so we're in that Dar, the Dar of Mitzrayim. That's why Kla Yisrael went out. The Gemara says, Bishash Aleches, the Shay of Mayim Akadish Baruch, Mazmalam, Dagim Katanim, when they went to, to pick up water to be able to bring it to the husbands, the Rabbanisha made a tremendous miracle, and the fish that were in the sea swam straight into their buckets. They took the, they took the water and the fish, they brought it to their husbands who were out on the fields working the whole day, and slowly they were able to give their husbands a little bit of kayak to be able to continue working, and therefore, Beschus and Beschar, those Nashim Tizkanias, that's how Klal Yisrael got out of Mitzrayim. And really, it, it, it's clear from Moshe Rabbeinu's birth all the way through Klal Yisrael getting out of Mitzrayim that the reason why Klal Yisrael got out was Beschus Nashim Tizkanias. Right? Rashi even brings down that when, when Miriam left, so it says, when the Pasuk says about the Shiris Miriam, it says, Miriam, Miriam walked out with Tupim Malachailas. Miriam walked out with instruments. Rashi says, why? Rashi says, the Nashim had more faith. The Nashim had more Amuna in the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim than the men had. The men didn't prepare instruments to, when they walked out of Mitzrayim. They didn't know what was going to be. They were officially going out for only three days. They didn't know what was going to take place. They walked out of Mitzrayim and they said, okay, we're getting out. We don't know if Pyrrhus is going to come chase us, which he did. We don't know if we're going to make it out of his clutches when he comes to chase us. They didn't walk out with the confidence. Miriam Hanavia. And ultimately the woman walked out with Tupam and Machalas because the woman had more Amuna and Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim than the men had. And therefore Beschus, the Amuna of the woman, Beschus, the fact that the women were involved, that's why Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim happened. And that's what the Gemara means. The Gemara says, nes. It doesn't mean that women were also involved in the slavery and they got out of slavery. It means they were the reason, they were the catalyst for Kla Yisrael getting out of Mitzrayim. They were the reason why we walked out of Mitzrayim. They were why Moshe Rabbeinu was born. They were the, the Amuna that they had got us out of Mitzrayim. They were the, really the, the, the the main actors within the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. And that's clear, it's more insight many, 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 many other places. So where does it come from, right? We'll, we'll talk about this in a second, but what, what is, why did this happen? That it had to be specifically the women who were involved in the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. What, in what way were the women, were obviously physically and practically, we see that the women were the ones that were making sure Moshe Ben was alive. They had the Buddha, but what, what is it about a woman? What is it about the role of Nashim Sitkaniyas that allows Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim to take place? Really, if you look back, just you know, one more aspect of where women are very clearly involved. If you look back all the way to the beginning, the Arizal says that the reason why we went down to Mitzrayim had nothing to do with many of, many of the other reasons we may have grown up with, not with Avram Avinu, like the Rashi says, the Ramban says. The Arizal says the reason why we went down to Mitzrayim was because Adam Arishan separated from his wife, 
for 130 years after eating from the Eitz Hadas. Adam Rishon ate from the Eitz Hadas through the advice of Chava. Adam Rishon separated from her, and because of the fact that he separated from his wife for 130 years, and there was Klippas that were born in Shadim, you know, Kabbalistic things that happened because he separated, because of that, Klal Yisrael needed to go down to Mitzrayim to fix up that affair from Adam Rishon. Right? We know that Adam Rishon wasn't just a singular person. Adam Rishon contained within him all of, all of creation, all of Klal Yisrael specifically, and therefore Adam Rishon separating from his wife was the reason why Klal Yisrael needed to go down to Mitzrayim. And if you look at Rashi, Rashi explains this very clearly, that what Adam Rishon said after Adam Rishon ate from the Eitz Hadas, the Rabbi Hashem comes to Adam Rishon and says, why do you eat from the Eitz Hadas? And he says, Rabbi Hashem, it wasn't me, it was my wife, my wife gave me to eat, and Rashi says he was kafli toif. The Rabbi Hashem gave him the greatest gift in the world, he gave him an Ezer Kenegdoi, and Adam Rishon said, this wife that you gave me, she's the reason why I ate from the Eitz Hadas. And therefore, the reason says he separated from his wife, the lack of appreciation for what his wife brought into the marriage is why he separated from his wife, and because of that, those 130 years, that he separated from his wife, that's why Klal Yisrael went down to Mitzrayim and had to fix up that whole concept of Adam Rishon separating from his wife. And therefore the whole Yontav of Pesach revolves around this Nakuda. It revolves around the, the appreciation of what the woman brings into the picture, which Adam Rishon didn't understand. Adam Rishon said, Isha Shanasati, the woman that you gave me is the reason why I ate from the Eitz She's the reason why I ended up involved in the Chet, in, in the chet of Adam Rishon. And he separated from his wife, and therefore to fix the Chet of Adam Rishon and to fix Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, the only way it can take place is when there's an appreciation of what the woman brings into the marriage, what the woman brings into Klal Yisrael, how the woman is, uh, how the woman is capable of helping build up Klal Yisrael to allow Klal Yisrael to leave Mitzrayim. And therefore, the, the whole Yantif really revolves around not just Sha'afein about Esa and Esa, that they were involved in the Nase, that they were the central role, because that's the only way we can fix up what Adam Rishon did wrong, when Adam Rishon didn't have the proper Akar Satayv, is to start to recognize and realize what the schus is and what the role is, and what way, what way a woman plays an active role in Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. So, Let's talk a little bit, right? Just one, one more Nakuda. It's very clear that the first mitzvah that Klai Yisrael got is a Chaydesh Zelechem Reish Chadash. And the first mitzvah, it's, it's one of the oddest things that took place. It's Klai Yisrael, the first mitzvah we got, we would expect it to be Brismila, Shabbos, something which was fundamental, something which is basic to Klai Yisrael. The first mitzvah that we got was a Chaydesh Zelechem Reish Chadash. The concept of Reish Chadash. Why? So are those that explain because a slave doesn't have freedom, a slave doesn't have time, and the concept of a chaydash zelachem reish chadashim means the ability to renew, the ability to have time, the ability to separate months into months, you know, every month into its own unit. There are those that explain that it has to do with his chadshus, with the ability to renew. The same way the moon renews itself. Klal Yisrael got the ability to renew, but on a deeper level, we know that the woman represents the moon. The man represents the chama, and we'll talk about this in a minute. What this means? The man represents the sun. And the woman represents the moon. The only way we're able to get out of Mitzrayim, the Rosh said the first thing you need to do before getting out of Mitzrayim is a chaydash hazel lechem reish chadashim. It's starting to appreciate the value of the moon. Right, we stood last night, we we're trying to say Kiddush Shavana after Meirev, and it was a pretty cloudy night, and it came out for a minute, and everyone came running outside, and then you know, a few seconds later, it got caught up in the clouds again, and I said, this is what Yitzhi Yismitzrayim is about. It's about recognizing the value of what the moon does. The moon, moon's not appreciated. That's part of what takes place at the beginning of creation, is that the moon says, you know, I don't want to just live in the same pl- under the shadow of the sun, literally, and the moon becomes small, and the appreciation of the moon which represents that aspect of the woman, is what allows Klal Yisrael to get out of Mitzrayim. And therefore, the first thing that Hashem said before you get out of Mitzrayim is you have to fix up what Adam Rishon did. Adam Rishon didn't appreciate the role that Chava played in his life. He was kafli toiv, he had lack of a karsa toiv. And therefore, the only way we get out of Mitzrayim 
is with a karsatoiv, with the recognition of what the what the Nashim Sitkani is add, what they bring what they bring to the table, what they what they what they're capable of doing to allow Klayusol to get out. And therefore the first mitzvah we get is a Khaidash and the appreciation, the value of the moon. Right? If you if you just can think for a minute what was taking place when they used to actually have Kiddush Lavana, and not just when they went out, you know, once a month after Mayrav and did Kiddush Lavana, when there was actually a process of being Makadish the Chaydesh, what happened was is that there was, a day, there was two, three days when everybody was looking for the moon, which means you could just picture the scene that the, the men were walking around and everybody wanted to be the aid. It was one of the greatest things you could do to be able to come to, come to the Bezdin, the Bezdin Agadol, Sanhedrin Agadol, by the base of Mikdash, and to be able to let them know that you saw the moon. So everybody's walking around the streets looking up for the moon. Everybody's hoping to, ca- to catch some sort of glimpse of the moon. That recognition, that stopping, to be able to look, to find, to, to appreciate the value of the moon, that's, that's the way Kal Yisrael gets out of its time, to recognize and to value what the role of the Nashim Tzadkaniyas are. So what is it? What is it? Fine, it's, it's, it's clear that this is, they play a central role. It's clear that appreciating it is part of what Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is. It's clear that it's part of what Pesach is, right? And that's why the women are very involved in the act of preparation for Pesach, and it's part of the job of the men to appreciate it. That's, that's clear that that's part of the process. But what is it? What is it about the woman? In what way does a woman specifically have to do with this Indian of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim? What does she bring to the table? In what way are the Nashim Tzitkani is the reason why we say What is it specifically? So when it comes to, when it comes to women, so we know that women naturally have something called Bini Yisera. Right? So we all know, we probably all have grown up with that, that something called a woman has Bini Yisera. What's the difference between the word Bina and the word Chachma? They both mean knowledge. Right, bina means some aspect of knowledge. Chachma means some as- aspect of knowledge. What's the difference between the word Chachma and the word Bina? The Smarm explained to us that the word Chachma, Chachma represents the kind of knowledge which is Kayachma. Even the word Chachma contains within it the letters Kayachma. It's the, it's the general macro knowledge of knowing something. Men are involved in the world which is called Chachma. Chachma means general overall knowledge of something. A woman's involved in something which is called Bina. Bina means micro. A man that lives in the world of macro and a woman lives in the world of micro. And it doesn't, again, when we talk about male and female, we're talking about the concepts of male and female as well, not just an actual physical male and female, but these are, this is, the proper role is that the man's more involved in things which are overarching larger, larger topics. And it's the woman who has the ability to figure out the details. Right? I'll read the Lashon of the Tanya, and the Tanya talks about, Tanya talks about this level of Chachma and Bina. He says, a seichel, a seichel shemenefesh, a maskelas, shua maskel called over the seichel, which understands things on a general, more macro level. Nikra b'shem chachma, that's kayachma. Ukishemoitzi kayachel apoyo. When you take that concept, which is something which is lofty and something which a person has a general appreciation of and a general understanding of and is able to bring it out into the world of action to be able to take something which is just, okay, I have a general understanding and to be able to break it down into pieces, that a person thinks with his seichel to understand something properly and the depth of it which means that chachma is the general knowledge of something bina means the ability to take general knowledge and to break it down into something which is practical and comes into the active world and that's the role the men are involved in a world which is called chachma and a woman's involved in a world which is called bina which means that on a very simple level, men are involved in things which are much more, much larger. They're involved in things which are just, you know, understanding things on a bigger level. Who, is a, who has the kaya, who has the ability to be able to take something which is just an idea, something which is a concept, something which is 
out there and to be able to bring it into the world in a very real way, in a day-to-day way, that's the role of the woman. The man is the Chachma, but who's going to be able to bring that Bina? Who's going to be able to take that Chachma and break it down into a practical, into a way in which it's able to be involved in the day-to-day life in the home? That's the role of the woman. For example, you talk about, you know, you talk about Chinuch, right? So the man's involved, the man's maybe involved in Chinuch, but on a practical level, who's involved in the Chinuch on the day-to-day, the minute-to-minute of the kid's life? It's the mother. The, the husband's out working, the husband's out, you know, he's out most of the day. Who's the one that's involved with the kids on a practical day-to-day, day-to-day basis? It's, it's the wife, it's the mother. So the chachma, the one who understands things on a general level, the one who can give over the general overarching feeling of the chinech in the house, that's the father's role. The father's role is to give over the ideas of chinech. But who's going to bring it out? Who's going to take that kayach, which is chachma, which is just large and, and, and big, and something which is not practical and bring it into the world of practical, break it down from something which is chachma into the world of bina, that's the world of the woman. That's the bina yaseira that a woman has, which is able to take something which is lofty and just big and be able to break it down into pieces and be able to involve it in the day-to-day life. So a man can say, you know, it's important that, the, you know, that, that we, you know, we're involved in chesed in the house. That's something that, you know, the, perhaps I discussed in the date, that it's important that we bring up a house which is, you know, full of chesed, we want a house which is, Constantly helping other people and inviting other people and hosting other people. Okay, that's the man's general knowledge. It's man's general idea. But who's going to be the one that's going to make that happen? It's up to the woman who's going to take that idea from being chachma, from being something which is out there, to be able to bring it down to being, to be able to make it practical. Who's the one that's going to be hosting? Who's the one that's going to be taking that idea from being an idea, from being just something which is knowledge and bringing it down into the world of practicality? That's the world of the woman, right? And therefore, anytime we talk about chinuch, there's two parts of chinuch. There's a part of chinuch which is the man's role of chinuch, which is chachma, but the bina part, which is the more important part, which is making it into reality, that's the role of the woman. And therefore, everything we talk about macro, that, that's chachma. But when we talk about micro, that's the world of bina. And Mamela, when we talk about on Pesach night, that the role of the man is and that's the role. The man's sitting at the head of the Seder and the man's the one reading the Haggadah. He's in charge of reading and making sure that the, the Seder's flowing. That's true when we focus on that one night of the year. But whose role is it to make sure that that one night isn't stuck just in Pesach night? Pesach night, right? They say, they say a joke and it's not really a joke. It's, it's you know, the same Eretz Yisrael, you know, constantly saying the, the, the phrase, Akol Seder. I asked somebody, how are you doing, Akol Seder? So they say in Eretz Yisrael, heard this once in a shir many years ago, that Akol Seder literally means, Akol, everything is Beseder. Everything's in the Seder night. Hakal, everything is Beseder. Everything's in Seder night. But whose role is it to make sure that it goes from being something which is, okay, it's one night where the husband's giving over a moon on the husband's talking about it. Whose job is it to make sure that that becomes a reality day to day throughout the year? That's the role of the woman. So the husband's Chachma, but it's the man who's able to take that idea from being Chachma. It's the woman who's able to take that idea from being Chachma to be able to bring it into the world of Bina. Right? Even, uh, I was telling this to my wife you know, the other day, when, when I'm selling chametz. Right, so you look at the difference between the way, the, the way men and women are supposed to get rid of chametz. How does a man get rid of chametz? What does the man do? The man comes to the Rav and he sells the chametz, right? And he has a star, and he's supposed to fill out the star with what he's selling and where he's selling and how it's gonna do. And this is probably like the most difficult thing for guys to do. I'm giving them the star, and it's a pretty self-explanatory thing, and it says exactly, it has a list of, literally from A to Z, of what, what, what chametz items you have in the house, where the chametz is gonna be, a going away or not. And, I, I, I just check off everything, right? So every guy asks me the same thing. Can I just check off all the boxes? I have to check off each thing. I have to figure out what's in my house. 
The man's like, I just want to get rid of all the chametz. I'll, I'll burn it. I'll say the kol chamira twice. I'll, I'll sell the chametz to the rav. I'll give it a, to be involved in figuring out practically where the chametz is going to be. That's very difficult. That's the world of bina. That's the world of the practicality. That's where the man says, I want to get rid of chametz on a macro level. I'll, I'll get rid of all the chametz. There's one piece of paper. Here's all my chametz is gone. What's the role of the woman? The woman, the woman says, you can't do that. You have to go around the house. You have to make sure every closet is clean. Every house, every part of the house is clean. You have to know where the chametz is. You have to know what you're throwing out, what you're selling. Right? The woman should be the one filling out the star. Right? One guy. I took it home and he brought it home to his wife. And his wife filled it out and then he brought it back to me, right? Because he knows that I don't know the details. My wife knows the details. I know the macro. I know we got to get we got to have to get rid of chametz. But who's the one that's going to make that happen? It's up to the woman. So the the man again is involved in the macro and getting rid of chametz. But the practicality of where that takes place, that's up to the woman. And again, this doesn't just mean chametz, the physical chametz. This is a representation of really the whole role of the man and woman. What takes place on a day to day basis? The man's vigadatul lebincha. The man's giving over. The man's giving over the concept and the idea of the fact that we have to, you know, give over our money to our children. But on day to day, who's bringing the kids to the bus stop? Who's, who has the ability to watch the kids go through a challenge and be able to tell the kids, we have a moon in the Rabbanish, the Marshim's taking care of us. Don't worry if things don't work out. Let's daven Tashem. Let's daven Tashem that our bus comes on time, that we don't miss our bus. When something goes wrong, who's, who's involved in that on a regular basis? That's the role of the woman. And therefore, the man's chachma, but the woman's involved in that world of Vina. And therefore, we find when, we talk, when we're talking about the, the, the story, Vitzias Mitzrayim, of course, Amram believed in the Rabbana Shalalam. Amram didn't, Am, Moshe Rabbeinu's father didn't have an issue believing that the Rabbana Shalalam has a plan. But he said, okay, he separated. He separated from his wife. Miriam came along and Miriam said, practically, you have to get back together with, you have to get back together with Yecheved. There has to be a Moshe Rabbeinu brought in the world. Yuchev, Miriam was the one that took Emuna from being something which is just, you know, a, something which is just a concept, which is just, a, you know, a concept which is not practical, and she brought it down to the world of the practical and said, if you have a Muna in the Rabbani Shalalam, if you believe in the Rabbani Shalalam, you need to act upon that Amuna, and you need to make sure that you go back ahead as the Gadol Adar, Amr, you have to get, to get back together with your wife and convince everybody else to do this, and in that way, there could be a Geula. The men didn't have an issue believing, but it was something which was a lofty concept, something which wasn't practical. The role of what Miriam did, and this is what the role of all the Nashim Setkaniyas did was, they took something from being a concept to bring a reality, from being Chachma to bring Bina. And therefore the Nashim Sitkanias were involved. The men were out there in the field working. And the woman came every night and they didn't just give their husbands physically to be able to eat and drink. They also were machazik them in Amunah. That's what the Gemara says. They were machazik them every night. They sat together with them and told them, don't worry, tomorrow there's going to be another day. We're going to be able to get up. We have the ability to, you know, to, to hopefully see the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. If it's not us, it's going to be our children, but we're going to get out of Mitzrayim. The men knew that. Well, that wasn't the issue. But the man knows things in a very, you know, in a very, in a very way of chachma, not in a way which is practical. The women, were, the women were the one who said, okay, we have to do something about it. Let's make sure that we're gonna be involved in the active process of taking Amunah from being a concept to living with Amuna, to being involved in a world which we're living with Amuna. And therefore, the, 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 what the woman did was crucial to be able to bring that down to the world of reality. Right? That's why we find that Gemara Antinus says that there are three main, there were three main leaders that really led us out of Mitzrayim and really took care of us in the Midbar. One was Moshe Rabbeinu, who was you know, seemingly the, the one who's playing the main role. There's Aaron Akayin, who's there together with Moshe Rabbeinu. And then there's Miriam. This is the Gemara says, Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam. The three siblings, they took care of Mitzrayim. And the Gemara says, Moshe Rabbeinu was the reason why we had Mun. Moshe Rabbeinu brought down Mun for, mun for everybody. Aaron Akayin was the reason why we had Ananiya covered. Because Aaron Akayin was Ananiya covered, the clouds of protection that made sure they were able to travel, made sure that nobody attacked us. What Miriam Hanav, Hanaviyah bring? Miriam brought the Be'er. 
the water. It's called Be'er Shel Miriam. Miriam brought the Be'er. After Miriam was Nifter and after Aaron was Nifter, it all came B'schus Moshe Rabbeinu, but it began being B'schus Miriam. What does that mean? That means that Moshe Rabbeinu's role is to bring down the bread. Bread doesn't just mean physical bread. Bread also means the concept of Torah. Moshe Rabbeinu's job is to bring down Torah to the world, to give us the ability to have Das, to know what to do. Aaron Akain's role, is to unify the people. Aaron Akain's Oyevah Sebris, Umakarvan Latera, constantly involved in Oyevah Shalom, Roid of Shalom. Aaron unifies people, which is represented by the clouds of glory, the Ananiya Kavit, which hold Klal Yisrael in. Everybody's involved in those worlds of Ananiya Kavit, or protected, or one people, surrounded by Ananiya Kavit. That's why Ananiya Kavit really represents Sukkot. Sukkot also is a concept of Achtos. Aaron Akain's Ananiya Kavit. What does Miriam do? Miriam brings water. What, is the, what does water represent? But not just any water. Be'er Shel Miriam means it's a wellspring. It's something which comes from deep, un, deep underneath the ground. The Maral writes in Netzach Yisrael that Be'er Shel Miriam means she took something that was already there. She wasn't creating water from nothing. She was taking water that was hidden underneath the ground. And what Miriam did was Be'er Shel Miriam. It's called the Be'er, which means it's a, it's a spring, something that comes up from underneath the ground. The Maral writes that the Kayach of what Miriam had, and so what the Kayach of all women have, is to take something that's already there, that they're not creating something new. The concept of Bina is not to create something new. It's to take something that's there in, in concept, that's there in theory, and to be able to bring it up and make it into the world of reality, to satiate the thirst of Klal Yisrael by bringing something up from being underneath the ground where it's, un, where it's untouchable. Nobody can get to it. It's very nice that there's a Muna. It's very nice that there's water, but if we can't drink from the water, if we can't, if we can't be involved and live with the life of a Muna, it's not gonna help us. It's stuck underneath the ground. The role of what Miriam did was Miriam took a Muna from being a concept and brought it into reality. She took water from being stuck underground and had the ability to bring the water up and give it to Klal Yisrael to drink. And that's the Kayach. That's the Kayach of the woman has. The man is Chachma. The man's macro. The man's involved in bigger things. But at the end of the day, who is giving over the messages of Amuna to the children? Who's making sure that the house is a house which is living with the messages of Pesach night the rest of the year? Who's, who could ensure that the Klal Yisrael has the ability to get out? That's the Kayach of the woman. Therefore, we find, it's a very interesting thing, we find that on the night of the Seder, we call, the, we, call these, we call the beginning, we call these things, the beginning of the night of the Seder, we call them the Simanim. There's 15 Simanim which take place on, on Pesach night. Right? We read from Kadesh, Orchatz, Karpas, and probably in every single one of your homes, and in every home that, that I've ever been to, we sing Kadesh Orchatz. Everybody starts off singing Kadesh Orchatz. And the, the, the Yisrael Vesher Shavoyde writes that there's big secrets hidden in, in singing these words. And writes, even if we don't know the secrets, it's important that we speak them out. Before the whole Seder, we speak out, starting from Kaddish, and we speak out all the Simanim, and then throughout the Seder, as we go through them, we speak out each one of them. Why are they called Simanim? A Simon means something which is a sign for something else. A Simon means that I want to remember something, they're called Simanim. Why are they called Simanim? Fine, so we understand. We're talking about the order of the Seder, the Lel HaSeder. We're talking about what the Seder is. Why are they called Simanim? What, what, what's it a Simon for? So I saw brought down in Aga, I saw you know, a year or two ago in Agad, an unbelievable Taich. Where else do we find the concept of Simanim? We find the concept of Simanim by Yaakov Avinu giving Simanim to Rachel. It's probably the first time we find the Torah, the Indian of Simanim, the concept of giving over signs, Yaakov Avinu giving over Simanim to Rachel, which means that in the greatest Yichud, the greatest unity which took place between a man and a wife, which was Yaakov and Rachel, the building of Klal Yisrael, there was Simanim which took place. Yaakov gave over Simanim to Rachel, ultimately it was Rachel and Leah, but Yaakov gave over Simanim to create a unity between Yaakov and Rachel. In order to build Klal Yisrael, Yaakov Avinu said we need Simanim. In order to build Klal Yisrael in the future as well, by Lala said we also need Simanim, the Simanim which take place, which is this concept of the unity which takes place between the male and the female, between the Chachma and the Bina, between something which is just an idea, a lofty concept, to bringing it into reality. It's that Simanim which connects the male and the female to be able to allow Yitzhiya Mitzrayim. The man alone is not gonna do it. Yitzhiya Emunah, 
in Yitzhiya Smitsharim is not going to do it. It's, it's crucial that it's a, it's a male and female relationship where the man can bring that Chachma in and the woman's able to take the Bina and be able to break it down and make it a reality. And therefore we start the night with 15 Simanim representing those Simanim which Yaakov Avinu gave over to Rachel. That's really why this 15 Simanim, if you count them, it's, it's unclear how there's 15. There's some that put, you know, Moitimatsa together. It's, but but everybody, everybody counts the number as 15. Why 15? Because the number 15 is Yud K. Uh, we all know the Gemara says that, 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 that a, a man has in it the letter Yud, right? Ish is Aleph Yud Shin, and Isha is Aleph Shin Hey. And if you put them together, Ish vi Isha, that, are, have, that have Shalom Bayis, Shechina Shuri Benayim. There's a Yud and a K, which is part of Hashem's name. So one of Hashem's name is Yud K. When the Ish and the Isha are together, so there's the two of them together, they bring together the Yud and the K, and they allow that world of, they allow that world of the Shechina to dwell between them. If there's not the Gemara says, Chalila, when the, when, the, when the Yud and the K is not there, then it remains Ish, then it remains fire. Which means the 15, which is the Gematria of Yud K, is the representation of what it means to come together Yud K. Yud Yud always represents, and the Rashi even says this on Yashir, Yud represents something which is Chachma. Even the letter Yud is, is a letter which is very small. It's, small it's, it's the tiniest letter that you can make in the Sefer Torah is a letter Yud. Yud represents something which is lofty, something which is above there, something which is floating. That, that's the world of the man. The world of the Yud, the Aleph Yud Shin, the world of the man is something which is floating. It's not concrete. What does the woman do to the letter Yud? The woman takes the letter Yud and drags it down into making it into a letter Hey. Hey is something which has, it looks like a home. It looks like a home. Hey is a house which looks like a home. Hey, the Gemara says is Olam Haza. The woman takes something from being a lofty concept, which is a Yud, and makes it down here into Olam Haza, makes it into reality. And therefore, this 15 Simanim representing this, this Yichud, this unity which takes place between the letter Yud and the letter Hey, between what the man brings in, the Chachma, and the world of Bina, connecting these two things, the Yud and the Bina. And that's the, yud, the Chachma and the Bina, the Yud and the K. And that's the role, and that's why it's so crucial. It's so crucial that. You know, the wo- woman understand, the woman appreciate what their role is and recognize that it, it's up to the woman to be able to take the idea of Lala Seder from being one night and be able to bring it down into reality to make it something which has the ability to last. That's why Kla Yisrael got out of Mitzrayim and Chazal told us that's why Kla Yisrael is going to get out of the Golas Re'in. It's when the woman understands that her role is crucial. Her role is to take something which is just, okay, these are nice, these are ideas. My husband's saying Divrei Torah at home. My husband's talking about ideas by the Shabbos table. My husband's talking about ideas. But, but who, who's going to make it a reality? Who's going to bring it down? into the children's lives. Who's going to make that the home is a home which is filled with this world of Amunah, with this world of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? That's the role of the woman. That's why even the, the night of Lel HaSeder is called Lel HaSeder. Those two words are really an oxymoron. You can't have Lel HaSeder. Lel means, Lila means something which doesn't have any Seder. The whole concept of night, night means something which is, which is totally, totally chaotic. Right? Davon HaMelech says in Tehillim, Boi Tirmas Chayis Aretz. He says, when night comes, all the animals are running around, which means it's total chaos. Night means a place of chaos. What is Lel HaSeder? Lel HaSeder is when, there's two, when those two things come together. When the Chachma and the Bina come together, so it's able to be something which is, which is Laila, which is chaos, and Seder. There's actually order, there's a proper order. There's Kadesh, Orchatz, Karpas, there's an order of the way things take place. That's the role of the woman. The man is Laila, the man is concepts, the man is Yud, the man is something which is lofty, something which is not practical. The woman takes the idea from being Laila and brings it into Lel HaSeder. And that's the role that women really played it. It's the role that they played then and it's the role that they're going to play in the, in the Gu'ula Asida. Hashem Shalabah said we should all recognize both the men as we said it's, it's a crucial part. This is where Adam Rishon went wrong at the beginning was he didn't understand what, what the balance is supposed to be. He didn't understand what the relationship is supposed to look like. It began with Adam Rishon not appreciating it and that's where Adam Rishon separated and that's where the whole concept of 
the whole concept of Yitzhiya Mitzrayim, of Gula, of Gola's Mitzrayim took place in the first, in the, at the beginning, and when, when the man appreciates the woman's role, and when the woman appreciates her role, and the man's role, and then this understanding of this relationship that takes place between the Yud, which is Chachma, and the He, which is Bina, those two worlds coming together, that's where we're able to have Yitzhiya Mitzrayim. Hashem should help us, so we should be Zaycha. Wherever we find ourselves for Pesach, to recognize that this is our role, to take the messages in from Lel HaSeder, and be able to bring them in throughout the rest of the year, to make them a reality, to make the homes you know, f- our homes that are filled with emuna, with betachin, with that concept of the recognition of the fact that the Rav loves every single Yid and Klal Yisrael, even when we're holding on the 49th level of Tumah. The Rav taking us out with the Rav chosen child, the Rav chose us for a reason, with the Amah Nivchar, what it means to be able to be involved in that world of Torah Mitzvah, to be able to take those messages and to bring them down. And Rav by doing that, by being able to take something which is just a concept, something which is given over in the Haggadah, and to be able to make the Haggadah a living, living with Amuna, to be able to take that in, to bring it into reality, we'll be able to make that proper yichah, that proper unity between the male and the female, between the yud and the hay, between the chachma and the bina, and Ritz Hashem by doing that, we'll all be zeicha to go out of Ritz Hashem, the gula, asidah, the meherim.